things. He had the, the year of Jubilee. He had all the kinds of feasts that we celebrated because he wanted to set things apart to make people, people remember. We know that Joseph, after he went to find, find his wife and go away from Esau, and that when they were young and he went, over, went away, he was stopped at a place. And he set, a rock, set up a rock and he prayed. And in that, that night, a letter, a letter, a ladder opened from heaven. And angels were ascending and descending up there. Well, the next day, in Genesis 29, 28, 19 through 22, it says, And he called the name of the place Bethel, but the name of that city was called Luz at first. And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way, that I will go. I will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, so that I come again in my father's house in peace. Then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. And for all that thou, uh, thou shalt give me, I will surely give a tenth unto thee. He changed the name of that place. It was Luz, and he changed it to Bethel. Bethel means house of God. And when we become Christians and we come to God, he gives us a new name. There's a new name written down in heaven. He's going to give us a new name. It isn't going to be the name that I have now. It isn't going to be Sandra. That name is attached to this world. God has a name for me that is not attached to this world. It's attached to his world. And he changed that name to the house of God. A memorial. So every time anyone went to Bethel, you were saying, I'm going to the house of God. That's why we have a lot of churches that are named Bethel. Bethel Baptist Church. Bethel, Bethel Assembly of God. Bethel Lutheran Church. Because house of God is what it means. We have Joshua. After the parting of the Jordan in Joshua 4, 3 through 9. And it says, And command ye to them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of the Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood, twelve stones, and carry them over with you, and leave them in a lodging place where you shall lodge that night. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take you up every man of you a stone upon his shoulders, according to the number of tribes of the children of Israel, this may be a sign, a memorial unto, among you, that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye these stones? Then ye shall answer them, that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. And the children did so as Joshua commanded, and took up twelve stones and placed them in in the thing for a memorial and why so but the kids they come and say what is the meaning of that why are those there then they can give them an excuse gives them a reason to remind themselves and to pass this story on to their children so they can remember so they can tell their grandchildren and their children and children and children in america the fourth of july is celebrated because of that's the day of our independence and every year we celebrate it in different ways but every year I hope and pray this reminds us of what people gave up, what they sacrificed, so we can remember that day in our history. And we see the fireworks and we have all kinds of things that we enjoy because someone else paid that price. Someone else did that. So God was very much into remembering. And that's where we get it from. And he wants us to remember. He wants us to remember those marks in our life. This is this bench 
is where I got saved. This is where I had my first, where this is where I did my first sermon. This is where I did my, uh, I sang my first solo. This is the first time I went to Sunday school. All kinds of things God wants us to remember because it's important to us, those times that we spend to God and he wants them to be special. And that's what we have when we come to communion. That's what we have in remembrance of me. Now we have um, one thing I want to realize about communion. First Corinthians was written before the Gospels were written. A lot of times we think that the Bible was written, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And so that's where Paul got his instructions because it was these kind of these things are kind of written in the, in the Gospels. But it wasn't the case. Paul couldn't pick up Matthew's book and say, oh, this is what he said, so I'm going to give these instructions. Uh-uh. 1 Corinthians was written first. And when you realize that, then all of a sudden it puts a different little slant on this. Because in 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, and we're going to go through a couple verses if you want to go there. You can. And this is the, the scriptures that we always use when we want to talk about communion. These are your traditional ones. I don't care where you go, whether what church you attend or, or that when you have communion. These are the scriptures that they use for communion. And these are the scriptures I want to look at this morning because these are the ones that we use. In 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three, it says, For I have received of the Lord that's which I delivered unto you. He said, I didn't get this from anybody else. I got this from God. God is the one that told me and instructed me to tell you to have communion, to, to, to do this one thing. And we realize that this is the only thing that Jesus initiated himself. This was the only ordinance that Jesus did himself. He did it at the, we call it the Last Supper. That's where it was initiated. He did it. And he's the one that spoke most of these words that Paul is, is re-emphasizing. But Jesus said to do it. And if Jesus said, took the time to do it, why? So we could remember. So we could look back. He said he delivered it unto you that he got from the Lord. And when he had given thanks, he break it. Now, Jesus was always into giving thanks. No matter what he did, you know, miracle, he thank God that, uh, uh, that you hear me, and you, I know you hear me, but I'm doing this because they, so they will know. And he blessed the food, and he broke it, and he did all these kind of things. So Jesus was always into the realm of thanksgiving and giving God thanks. But the thanksgiving that he was giving here wasn't for that bread that he was breaking. It was thanking God for the body that he had prepared for him, his body that he had prepared, the one that he gave him at birth that he prepared for him. That body is the one that was going to be broken. That body was the one that he was thanking God for. And he said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now, there's a doctrine out there, they call it, I can't even hardly even pronounce it, transubstantiation or whatever, some word, that they, some people think that, well, when you take communion, it is actually miraculously changed into the actual body and blood of Jesus. But that isn't the case because Jesus' blood, body and blood had not been shed at this time. So it couldn't have been something that hadn't happened yet. He said, this is my body in representation. It was a kind of like a prophecy of what was going to happen. It's going to be broken for you. So I don't want to make sure that you, you know, understand 
that that isn't what happens because there are you know some people out there that think well it's happened whatever so I want to get rid of that and just uh, just by shortly mentioning it but this it was a prophecy of what was going to happen he said this is going to happen shortly in verse 25 and after the the same manner he took the cup when he had supped saying this is the new testament in my blood the blood he would be be shedding this do as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me not if you do it but when you do it he automatically assumed because he initiated this ordinance that we are going to do it and he wants us to do it why in remembrance of me we are such a forgetful people we're forgetful and we're ungrateful and unthankful a lot of times because in America we're so spoiled we have so many things that we enjoy so many freedoms so many wonderful things we can go into a grocery store and there's all kinds of food that we can choose from just by picking it up and taking it to the check stand but a lot of places can't do that so because of all the things that we have we have a tendency not to be as thankful as other people are from other parts of the world they're more thankful and when we first come to God and we first come to Christ and he touches our hearts and he forgives us for our sin and we just feel so much different and we're so happy at that moment and then time passes and we kind of go into fall into that daily life living our lives and you know serving God and we forget we forget how good we felt that first time that we accepted Christ into our heart we forget how clean we felt how wonderful our hearts felt at that moment so Jesus says do this in remembrance of me remember at least when you take communion remember what I've done for you remember it he says don't forget me please don't forget me he's begging he's pleading don't forget me don't forget what I've done for you we have um, sometimes we do we give people things as a memento or we get souvenirs to remember things and places that we've went I know that when our grandkids turn 16 we give them this little special it's a gold angel coin it's a hundred year old French coin that uh, it's made out of gold and we give it to them and say we want you to hang on to this and then of course I write something for each grandkid or whatever because when, when you look at this when you see this remember that you're loved that someone loves you it's not that, you know, it wasn't that valuable per se, but it's, you know, wasn't really cheap either. But it was something valuable that they could look at and they could hang on to for their whole life and maybe something that they can pass on. And long after we're gone, they can look at that coin and say, my grandma gave me this, my grandpa gave me this. I remember. I remember when I got it. I remember the words that were ri written, that were written just to me. I remember those. And hopefully they'll have good memories of us because of a little token. Well, that token for us is communion. Jesus says, in remembrance of me. We know how we hate it when people forget things that they should remember. They don't remember, you know, we like our names and we hate it when people can't remember our names. And I'm, I'm one of the good ones at that or bad ones, depends on how you do it. But we like people to remember our names because that means that they think that we're important enough to remember our name. Well, Jesus did the most important thing there was so we could remember. And when we celebrate communion, that's what he wants us to do. In remembrance of me. So he wants us to do it. And what? Not only 
For as often as you drink this bread, or eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. It's a testimony. Every time we take the communion as, as a believer, it's a testimony. I am, my Lord did this for me. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Christian. I'm taking this in remembrance of what he has done for me. And I'm going to do it when? Until he comes again. And one day, we're going to sit with him in heaven. And then he said, I'm going to fellowship with you. Then we're going to break bread, and then we're going to drink, and we're going to have a good time. But until then, do this in remembrance of me. Remember me until I come. So we're going to do this until he comes. We celebrate people's birthday till they die. And sometimes we celebrate how many years they've been dead until we die. And then, you know, nobody cares it on. I've got it on my calendar. We lost a, a puppy, a dog, you know, four years ago. And I got it written on my calendar, Nico dead, four years. <laughs> you know, it seems kind of, it's kind of silly, but I want to remember something. I want to remember I love that little dog. And we do that with our kids. Their birth, kid's birthday. Oh, I love my kid. And we write them out a card. We send them a little bit of money or whatever we do. I remember them. But one day, we won't be doing it anymore because we'll be with Jesus. So until then, we are commanded to do this in remembrance of him. Okay, where are we at? In verse 27. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily, shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Now we read this and we think, well, none of us are worthy. None of us. There isn't anyone here that's worthy of Christ's sacrifice. And that isn't what this means. The sacrifice or communion is, is because we're not worthy. We know we're not worthy. Jesus is the one that died. Jesus is the one that paid the price. And we're remembering that, no, I'm not worthy, but he is. He's the one that paid the price. He's the one that did it for me. What he's talking about is don't do it in an unworthy manner. Don't show disrespect to communion. In the early church, when Paul gave these commands to them, he, he was reemphasizing something that he had already told them in person. What they were doing is they were having potluck dinners and everybody coming in, they're having a gay old time and everybody kind of like our potlucks that we have. Now, how can you, you imagine at the end of the potluck, we're all sitting, we're all eating, we're all talking, it's noisy, and I get up and say, okay, everybody, let's have communion. Like it's something we just tack on to something. That's what they were doing. They weren't showing the proper respect for it. God wants us to separate it out for something else that we're doing. Separate it. Make it special. Make it something that you remember, not something you just add on to something because you were told to do it. Don't add on to it like a cup, a cup of coffee and a piece of pie. That isn't what it is. And that's what they were doing. So we're unworthy, yes, but I take it because I'm unworthy. Not, and he is worthy. So I want to make sure that we understand that because sometimes we think, well, I can't take communion. I'm not worthy. No, God knows that. That's why he came. If we had been worthy, Jesus wouldn't have come. He didn't have to die if we were already worthy, but because we were unworthy, that's why he came. He loved us that much. He loved us so much. That's why he came. That's why we have communion. I missed over one, one scripture here. I'm, I missed it. I want to make sure I hit. And that was that there's the same night he was betrayed. 
that he did this. This was the same night he was going to be prepared. The most important thing on his mind at that point was institution this, in starting this ordinance. Now, Judas was at that table. Judas was there. And he still did it. He didn't wait for Judas to leave. He was there at the time he initiated this. He was willing of all the disciples that were there, Judas was the least, the least one that should have participated because of what he had already done, he had already decided to do. And Jesus' heart was probably breaking. I mean, how our hearts break when someone has betrayed us. Well, Jesus knew in advance he was going to betray him. If I knew somebody was going to go do something against me the next day or say something or try to do something to destroy me, and this day they're there, and I'm doing this for them. I'm do, offering this to them. I'm being nice. It's hard for us to be nice to people that have already done something against us, let alone in advance try to look at them the way that Jesus did. But it doesn't matter because Judas could have changed his heart. At that. He could have, but he didn't. It was his choice. But this was that same night that he was betrayed that this took place, that same night that his heart was breaking. And when he instituted that, he said, take this in remembrance of me, of what I'm going to do for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Verse 28, this is a good verse. He says, but let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that that cup. We need to examine ourselves. He he knows that life comes in on us, and we're not always, none of us are where we need to be with God. None of us are are what we should be. But that's why when we come and we take communion, he said, examine our hearts. Examine yourselves. Look inside. Let God shine that light in those places in our heart where only he knows, only he can see. Let him shine his light in there. And when he does, do something about it at that point. He didn't say go up, kind of stand in front of the church and tell everybody else. He said, examine your own heart. And in verse 30, it says, uh, where am I at? Because if we examine ourselves, then, he, then we won't be judged. For he, but he that drinketh, eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Now this is kind of a, uh, wow, this is a, one of those scriptures that what is he talking about? He says that the communion is so important that we need to approach it with a different attitude. We need to have a heart change. We need to be, examine our hearts and make sure that we've got everything straightened out before, because between God and us. Because if we take it knowing that we have a lot of sin in our life, knowing we need to ask God to forgive us for something, knowing that God wants us to do something differently and we didn't, and we come and we just take it and we don't let him examine us and we don't examine our hearts and we take it with this all this stuff in our hearts God says you're disrespecting my communion it'd be like people burning the American flag in America you see somebody burning an American flag the only time that's okay is if they wrap themselves in it first that's the only time it's okay but when someone desecrates our flag or they spit in your face or all these other kind of things, they're desecrating something. They're not showing anything the proper respect. And when someone desecrates the flag, you know, that patriotism and it just, you know, just kind of swells up in you and you don't like that. Well, God says, when you come to communion and you don't bother to examine yourself and you don't bother to ask me 
to forgive you of that sin. Forgive me for what you said on the phone to that lady or to your friend or to your neighbor. Forgive, forgive you for what, whatever it might be. And we all have those, Lord, forgive me for. We all have them. Because we're all not where we need to be in God. Not one of us. There's not one of us in here that is. But God knows that. But God says when you come to communion, examine your heart. Examine your life. And ask for forgiveness for those things. And he'll forgive you. Respect. And we know the scripture says that many that have done this, they're sick and some of them even sleep. Now we know that sin can cause problems to, in life today. It can cause problems to your health. You know if someone is under a lot of stress, stress destroys your body. If you abuse your body, if all you do is eat McDonald's, you're not going to have a healthy life. So that is a, you know, we don't like the word sin, but that's what you're doing. You're sinning against your body. But God says if you don't, if you take the communion unworthily or un, without examining your heart, that's what we're doing. We're disrespecting his body. And it has consequences. And we know that because as good parents, when your kids don't do things that they should do, we discipline them. Why? Because we love them and we don't want them to do it again. We want them to grow up to be mature people. Well, God wants us to grow up to be in the image of Christ. That's, that's God's goal for our life. And he knows we can do that. Maybe when he comes, he'll change us completely. But he wants us to be striving for that. And when we do things that we shouldn't do, God, like any good father, is going to discipline us in different ways. And we see examples of it in the Bible where... Um, God said that the disciples were asking one time when he healed the, the man that was born blind. He says, why is this man blind? Is it because of sin? For his sin or his parents' sin? Because they believed every bad thing that happens to us is because of sin. And Jesus says, no, neither one of them did. It was that the glory of God may be made known. But that's our attitude toward things. Well, if someone's going through something, it's because of sin. And then we sit there and we read this scripture and we say, well, they disrespected communion. That's why they're sick. That's why they're going through this. But ho, 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 back it up, back it up. There's some natural things that happen to our bodies that affect us too. But God says when you disrespect the communion and you aren't doing things in your heart, that he's not going to take that. He's going to take that very seriously. Because Jesus is sitting there and he's crying and he's pleading, do this in remembrance of me. I'm going to do this for you. So he wants to make sure we have the proper respect for it. And he says in verses um, 31 and 32, For if you would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, and we should not be condemned with the world. That's all he wants to do. He just wants to bring it out in the open, to get it out of our lives. When you've got an impurity in something that you're fixing and something falls into it, you don't want to leave it in there and say, well, ain't no big deal. I guess some person's going to find it when they find it. No, huh? you want to get that out of there. You don't want that to be like that. You want it to be pure and clean. That's what God wants with our lives. And he knows that once, once how often we take communion, that's our opportunity to search our hearts. Because when we, we judge ourselves, God says, he won't judge us. So when we bring it to him, hey, it's over with God. It's, it's taken care of. It's at the foot of the cross. And that's what God wants us to do. 
And in verse 33, it says, Wherefore, my brother, when you come together to eat, tarry for one another. Jesus wanted communion to be something that was for the whole body. He wanted it to be something that we were united together in doing. And in the, in the Corinthian time when they were doing this, no one was waiting for anybody. They were just like whatever, lining up and grabbing everything and all they go around. Oh, this is communion. Okay, I've had this. Now I'm going to go over here and I'm have communion. And out the door they'd go. God says, no, I don't want that. I want you all as a body, a body of believers, because communion is for believers. You have communion after you're saved. If you have it before you're saved, you don't really, you're not discerning the Lord's body. So that's the, that's the re- prerequisite to be enjoying communion is, is that you've made that decision for him. He says, wait till everyone is served, and we'll take it together. We'll show it the proper respect. We're a body. Let's do it as a body. And that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to do it as a body. So if our people that's going to serve communion would come. Bow. Ready? We're going to do it. We're going to take communion today. And when they deliver the elements, hang on to them until we all take them together.
you don't have to be a member of this church to take communion. It's for the body of Christ. It's for a believer. Believers, not for... Has everybody served? Is there someone that didn't get communion or thought it was a closed communion, which it isn't? Is there somebody that didn't? make sure that everyone has it. Now I want to start with verse 28 first. And it says, but let us examine himself. So with heads, heads bowed and eyes closed, let's do that. Let's examine our hearts and ask God, is there something in my life that I need, that I want you to shine my light on? Is there something in my life that's displeasing to you or something that I need to confess or something I need to do in my life this morning? Or maybe you're here and you've never accepted the Lord as your Savior. What great time to do that. Communion on Communion Sunday. Why not do that today? If you're here today and you don't know the Lord, but you want to, I want you to raise your hand and say with that hand, saying, I don't know him, but with my hand, this is my commitment to him. This is my commitment that I'm going to serve him, that I confess my sins unto him. And I ask him to cleanse, him, cleanse me. Is there anyone here this morning who could say that? Okay. Maybe you're in the other group. Maybe you used to serve God and used to have this fervor in your heart to serve God. But today, you look back and as you're examining your heart, you see, well, there are some things that I've strayed from. And I'm not where I need to be, but I want to be. Is there anyone here like that this morning that would raise their hand and say, that's me, that's me. I need to make some changes in my life. I need to get closer to God. I need to ask forgiveness because I haven't done the things that I've done that I need to do. Okay, thank you. Let's continue to examine our hearts and ask God. Father, right now, I pray, Lord, as all of us as a congregation, Lord, as we examine our hearts, Lord, we just ask that you'd shine your light into our hearts and into our lives, Lord. And point out those things, Lord, that we need to make a difference in. The things that we need to change, Lord. Because we do not want to disrespect, Lord, your body and your blood that was shed for us, Lord. Lord, forgive us for the things that we've done, Lord, that are displeasing to you. Forgive us of our sins, Lord. And make us pure and clean that we might take this communion, Lord, with a new attitude and a new heart that is respectful of your sacrifice. Amen. Verse 23. For I have received of the Lord, that's what I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night that he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. Father, right now, Lord, as we lift up these elements to you today, Lord, we ask that you would bless them. Lord, and that as we partake of them, Lord, help us, Lord, to be a testimony of our life that we have in you, Lord. We ask you blessing upon them. I ask your blessing upon each one that's here, Lord, as we take, Lord, the elements this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. He said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Let's take the body in remembrance of him.
After the same manner, he also took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. Let's drink the cup in remembrance of him. My hope this morning is that from now on, when you look at communion, it's going to mean something different to you. And every time you may read those scriptures, that your heart will once again have a remembrance, the kind that Jesus wanted us to have, to remember his sacrifice that he gave for us. Because without his sacrifice, we're lost. Without his love, we're lost. So we do this in remembrance of him. Our precious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your blessings upon this service. And we thank you for each one, Lord, that has come, Lord, to hear your word. And I pray, Lord, that as of today, Lord, that you will touch our hearts in a new way, that we will do communion differently from now on, that it will mean more than it has ever meant before, because now maybe we get a better understanding of, of your heart at the time that you implemented this for us to do in remembrance of you. Lord, may it change our lives and may, our, may it change our hearts. In Jesus' precious holy name. If there's if anyone here this morning has a need or something that you would like us to uh, pray about, uh, the altars are open or we have people that would be glad to pray with you and to help you in any way that we can. If you have a need, whatever it might be, just let us know because we're here. We're here as a body. We're in, together. We are one in Jesus. And we are our brothers and sisters in, in the kingdom. So remember Brother Carver starting this weekend, Thursday night, Friday night, and again Sunday, and pray for it. Pray for our church. Pray, pray that we will be the outreach that God wants us to be and to be able to reach this community for him. Because it is, God wants us to, for us to remember, but he also wants us to remember that he loves the other people too. So, Father, right now, we ask, Lord, your blessing upon this, thy people, Lord. And we ask, Lord, that you'd 